Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet Oscar Predictions Podcast. A podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn, other movie snacks, and little gold statues. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. You doing great? Excited about the award season? Sure. I know. I can hear it in your voice. It, exactly how excited you are. You know, it's we're we're approaching some movies. I'm not super excited about the fact that I have to go see, but I'm sure there'll be great quality films. Not a lot of crowd crowd pleasers out there right now. You've already we we have a whole litany of of primer episodes ready to roll out. And you're responsible for one of them that was just real, just a, a downer in general. You know what? And that just seems to be the theme of a lot of the movies this year. I mean, that's Oscars in general. Is it? They got to make. They got to be contemplative, and they got to be serious, and they got to deal with serious issues and whatever. Why so serious? Uh, we are gearing up. So we had our way too early predictions. We had our too early predictions. Now. Now we're just into early predictions. We're, we're in the month of November. We're at the tail end of November. December's going to roll around. A lot of stuff happening in December. A lot of awards releases coming out. Um, and then before you know it, in January, we're going to have Oscar nominations announced and we're going to be off to the races. But what happened this week is sort of the first big signifier, kind of the first awards handed out for the awards season. And that is the National Board of Review. They do things a little bit differently. They just release lists. They pick their favorites. They don't pick nominees. They just pick their favorites. So they pick their top 10 favorite films. They pick their best film. And then they pick individual winners for the acting and directing categories. No lists involved. Okay? And what's and then by the time, let's see, I think it's tomorrow by I think probably by the time everybody is listening to this, the New York Film Critics Circle will announce their winners as well. And then, of course, the Golden Globe nominations come out next week on Thursday, December 6th. Now, I did want to talk a little bit about the the National Board of Review and just how much of a barometer it is for the Oscar season. And David, are you familiar with the National Board of Review and if they're a good barometer or not? Because I know you didn't. You probably didn't even see the awards come I, out today. I just brought up the list not too long ago, but I would love for you to educate me. <laughs> well, the short answer is they're not that big of a barometer for it. Like They're not that great of a representation of what is going to get nominated. As a matter of fact, it hovers around 50% of what films are named by the National Board of Review as their favorite films versus what films actually get nominated for an Oscar. Now, that has gone up. That number has gone up, obviously, because the National Board of Review has always named 10 movies, whereas the Oscars, only for about the last almost 10 years have been doing more than five nominees for Best Picture. And so in previous years, like if you look at 2007, we had movies on the list such as Baby Driver, such as Logan. In 2006, we had movies like Sully and uh, Hail Caesar. 2015 was a great year because we had Mad Max, we had Creed, Sicario, 
2014 Fury, Gone Girl, Lego Movie. Going all the way back, you go to 13 and you see movies like Lone Survivor and Fruitvale Station. 2012, you got Looper. The, The National Board of Review tends to be a little bit more diverse in its selections. Um, which is, I mean, really nice. I wish that the Academy was this diverse, diverse, excuse me, in its selections. You know, you take, for example, 2009, which was the, the year that the Oscars expanded to 10 nominees. It nominated Up in the Air, or I'm sorry, it listed Up in the Air, which was nominated, and Education, Hurt Locker, and Glorious Bastards, A Serious Man, and Up. Those were all nominated for Oscars, but it also nominated films like 500 Days of Summer, a rom-com, Invictus and the Messenger, which were serious dramas, Star Trek, Where the Wild Things Are. So I like that. I like that they have a little bit more of a diverse grouping of films, if you will. Um, And let's go through, David. I think you have the list. I have the list. You have the list in front of you. You're the stats guy. So Green Book was named their best film. Green Book's story of true story, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali uh, as um, literally two couldn't be completely opposite, couldn't be more opposite. Uh, Two guys, one is a New York wise guy acting as a sort of bodyguard chauffeur for a black concert pianist going through a tour in the southern states of America back in, I believe it was the 50s or the 60s. Uh, Um, 62. 62, thank you. Uh, Very Hidden Figures-esque, if you will, kind of hitting that sweet spot of Hollywood reminding themselves that, oh, we're not racists. Although from everything that I've heard, it's a pretty great film. So they named that its best film. What were the other films that they named on the top 10 or the best 10 films of the year? What did they get? Uh, You had The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Netflix movie. Interesting. Black Panther. Yeah. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Okay. Eighth Grade. First Reformed. Okay. If Beale Street Could Talk, Mary Poppins Returns, A Quiet Place, Roma, and A Star is Born. A couple of big... One particular, but a couple of big ones that are not on there yet. Black Klansman's not on there. The Favorite's not on there. The Favorite's not on there. Uh, uh, Vice, which admittedly Vice hasn't opened wide yet, so it might not be on it. That being said, I believe last year they picked The Post, and The Post hadn't come out yet either. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Uh, but it is certainly an interesting list, uh, that's for sure. Uh, now, they also did lists for things like independent film, which I think you're going to see some crossover with. They had The Death of Stalin. They had Lean on Pete. They had Leave No Trace, Mid-90s, The Old Man and the Gun, The Rider, Searching, Sorry to Bother You, We the Animals, and You Were Never Really Here. And if you're not familiar with any of those films... I know <laughs> uh, that's th- those are some of the independent films that come out that not a lot of people see. Um, but odds are that at least a couple of them are going to get the nominations. Um, same thing with foreign film. Foreign film, you saw Cold War actually win Best Foreign Film, um, but there were, you know, Roma made it to top films. So it's there's always a little bit of a question of 
you know, what constitutes a foreign film? If it's on one list, can it not be on another? Things like that. National Board of Review doesn't exactly keep uh, their their voting regulations public. Um, that being said, I do want to list off who also won for their performance awards. They gave Best uh, Director to Bradley Cooper. And again, this one is a scattershot. Because Greta Gerwig won the previous year. She was nominated, didn't win. Barry Jenkins was, nomina- uh, was nominated, didn't win. Ridley Scott, Clint Eastwood, Spike Jones, Catherine Bigelow all won the National Board of Review, but they were not even nominated for the Oscars. So again, not a very good barometer there. Best Actor went to Viggo Mortensen for, for, uh, for Green Book. And again, that one is really hit or miss as well. What else we got Lady here? Lady Gaga for Best Actress. Yes, excellent. Supporting Actor, Sam Elliott. Supporting Actress, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Beale Talk. Street. Uh, best, uh, best Original Screenplay was Paul Schrader for First Reformed. First Reformed. Uh, adapted Screenplay was Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. Animated was Incredibles 2. No real surprise there. No. Uh, breakthrough Performance. They have some different uh, categories in okay. theirs. Uh, breakthrough performance was, I'm going to say, Thomason McKenzie from Leave No Trace. Okay, yep. Uh, ben Foster movie. Mm-hmm. I'll always call it a Ben Foster movie. <laughs> uh, directorial debut, so another different category, was Bo Burnham for Eighth, Eighth Grade. grade. Uh, and then you've got foreign language film, Cold War, Best Documentary, RBG, Best Ensemble, which is another different category, mm-hmm. was Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and then they've got a couple of like freedom of expression awards. Sure. Those are the big ones. Awards. Those yep. are the big ones essentially. And so, yeah, so it, it does give us something to start going off of in terms of what are, what is the industry thinking of? What is the industry leaning towards? Because as much as everybody I've talked to thinks Bohemian Rhapsody is the greatest movie ever made, I'm just going to put it out here right now for anybody listening, prep yourselves Bohemian Rhapsody is not going to get a lot of nominations, okay? If it does, great. That'll be a great surprise. But just from everything that I have read, that is one of the movies that has sort of gone down in terms of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, standing momentum is another great word um and so that's kind of what i wanted to talk about before we get into our predictions again and if we're changing anything up and that's who's up who's down so i think bohemian rhapsody is down um just not a lot of people talking about it beyond the lead performance Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of nominations and whatnot another one and you see it here on this list first man I think I called that one. I think, yeah, just real lack of momentum. It didn't blow up at the box office. It was, I mean, and we we had our primer episode on it and how it was um, emotionally distant, much like its main character. I'm telling you, it's because they turned us landing on the moon to a downer movie. It's not a downer movie. It is a downer movie. <laughs> all right, all right. This all is right. not the time or the place. Um, and then also, I got I to gotta put it out there. I think um, the... All the boy movies have sort of taken a hit as well. Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. Not a lot of momentum behind there. Boy Erased, same thing. Not a lot of momentum. I think there's even one more uh, with Julia Roberts. Ben came back, or Ben is back, um, with Lucas Hedges again. That looks 
again, very much in the same vein as those films that just nobody's talking about. That being said, who's up? I think Green Book obviously gets a gigantic boost from from these proceedings. Now, how much does it matter is yet to be seen because history shows us that it doesn't really matter all that much. Tom Hanks won it last year. He wasn't even nominated for the Oscar. Mm -hmm. So so you take that as you will, but it has been gaining momentum since its release. You also got The Favorite, which did not win any of the performance awards on this list. It didn't even make the list. That being said, you're seeing the favorite being talked about more and more and more in the award circles. And that's sort of the period drama comedy from uh, from the maker of The Lobster, one of your favorite films of the, of the last few years. I say that... I say that sarcastically as David gives me a stink eye that doesn't translate too well onto, onto the podcast. Um, I think Can You Ever Forgive Me is getting a lot of extra momentum in terms of Melissa McCarthy, Richard E. Grant, and then Vice. Vice came out and everybody said Christian Bale is insane in it, that it's just as good as the big shorts. I'm very excited. I also would throw in If Beale Street Could Talk, um, I feel like... While there hasn't been a lot of noise out there, it, at the same time, what noise has been out there has been pretty good for It's been it. pretty good. Yeah, that's one of those films that hasn't hit its release. I, I, I don't think it's hit its major release yet. I don't know if it's even hit any release so, to, as far as to the general public. Right, right. And so, I mean, whether or not that gains more momentum with its release date, we'll see. December uh, 14th is the official release the date. Official I don't know if they'll date. do any... Uh, smaller theater releases so like that they movie, sometimes do. So that movie is coming out smack dab in the middle of when I'm on vacation, uh, which just as a programming notes, I will be on vacation uh, in the beautiful, hopefully sunny Cancun. Um, and we have a bunch of Oscar primers lined up for that time that I am out. We got a ton of movies that we've seen. We've seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. We've seen Beautiful Boy. We've seen Widows. Like We're going to line up all these and just do a bunch and get those out there for you. Some of those movies that maybe you haven't seen yet. So we're really excited about that. But that is neither here nor there because I want to go through our nominations. Now, the biggest thing that we like to do, David, through these nominate through this process, if you will, is we like to, you know, adjust. We like to make make changes. Who's in, who's out, who's losing momentum, who's gaining momentum. And again, these are all just our guesses, right? Mm -hmm. These are all educated. We do the research. We go to some websites. We see who's who's being talked about. Um, and so, yeah, so our first uh, – the first thing I want to do is I want to list off who we had and then who we're taking out and who we're replacing them with, Okay. So I'll go first with supporting actress. I had Amy Adams for Vice. I had Nicole Kidman for Boy Erased. I had Margot Robbie for Mary Queen of Scots. I had Emma Stone for The Favorite. And I had Claire Foy for First Man. And what I'm doing is I'm taking out Nicole Kidman for Boy Erased. Again, not hearing a lot of momentum on that film. And I'm taking out Margot Robbie for Mary Queen of Scots. That movie hasn't come out yet. She could come back. But I'm replacing them right now with Rachel Weisz in The Favorite and Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. I think everybody in The Favorite, all of the actresses are going to get nominations. And Regina King, 
uh, won, you know, the National Board of Review Award. And I think that she's going to carry that momentum through. So that's who I have. I replaced Kidman and Robbie with Rachel Weiss and Regina King, but I kept everyone else. What about you? Funny, I already had those those two in my picks. Well, you didn't have Rachel Weiss, but you did have Regina King. I did. So I'll give you credit. Uh, I had Regina King, if it, if Beale Street could talk, Nicole Kidman, Boy Erased, Emma Stone, The Favorite, Claire Foy, First Man, and Michelle Yeoh from Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm sad to say I'm taking out Michelle Yeoh, replacing her with Amy Adams in Vice. Okay. But those are the that is the only adjustment I am making at this time. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, then we'll just have you steamroll right into your supporting actors then. In the supporting actor category, the answers are, or I should say the answers were, uh, Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, okay. Russell Crowe, Boy Erased, Michael B. Jordan, Black Panther, and I had Ben Foster, my boy Ben Foster, in Leave No Trace. Your boy. I am sad to announce that I have removed Ben Foster. Uh, has He's not on anybody's list. Nobody's talking about your boy. I know. Good friend of the podcast. But that being said, I am going with a guy who on social media has been blowing up, okay. as well as a lot of people have been talking about his performance, that it's... V- you know, maybe even better than his performance in Get Out last year. Okay. Which would be Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. In Widows. Yeah. Everybody says that he's the villain of the year. Yeah. He, it's uh, people. People are also comparing his performance to that of Michael B. Jordan's in Black Panther. True. So true. It's always a uh, a good conversation to be in because everybody talks about that a whole lot. It is. That's the only change that you're making? Only you're taking change. your boy out? Yep. Okay. I also had Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy. I had Sam Rockwell for Vice. I had Mahershala Ali for Green Book. I had Adam Driver for Black Klansman. And I had Daniel Kaluuya for Widows. I actually took out Adam Driver for Black Klansman. And I took out Daniel Kaluuya. This is another one who I feel... Could move in, could move out, but I took out Driver and I took out Kaluuya and I put in Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I put in Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. Sam Elliott's getting some momentum that I'm very excited about. I was going to say, I I was surprised last time we did this that you didn't pick Sam Elliott, but I don't think we had seen... A Star is Born when we did this. I don't think we I don't think we had either. And even if we did. As much as we love Sam Elliott, just from, I mean, for nothing else, his existence in Tombstone and... Um, well, when we, we did our we Oscar primer, when we did our Oscar primer one, I'm pretty sure that you were locking him in for... I think I was, uh, too. A nomination. So this so. was probably came out before that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, switching out, putting in putting in Sam Elliott. I love Sam Elliott in that movie. He's so good. Good stuff. Best Actress. I have Glenn Close for The Wife. Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me, Viola Davis in Widows, and Nicole Kidman in Destroyer. Now, Destroyer could come out and Nicole Kidman could come back, but I'm taking her out and I'm putting in Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Again, I think every actress in that movie is going to wind up getting nominated. It's catching a lot of heat right now. Could die down, but right now it's catching a lot of heat. So that's who I have. I took out Kidman and I put in Olivia Coleman. How about you? I don't have to make any changes in this because I already got them all correct the first time. <laughs> so I'm going with 
Glenn Close and the wife, uh-huh. Lady Gaga, Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma, mm-hmm. and Viola Davis for Widows. No changes. No changes. Interesting. Standing pat. Bold move. I like it. Let's see if it, let's see if it plays out for him. Best actor, then. Same Best story? actor. I have one change. My original answers were Bradley Cooper, Stars Born, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, Ryan Gosling, First Man, Hugh Jackman, The Front Runner, and Christian Bale, Vice. Um, I removed Ryan Gosling, First Man. Interesting. And put in Viggo Mortensen. Interesting. And I also... Um, actually, I lied. I have two changes. Okay. I also removed Hugh Jackman, and I put in Ethan Hawke, First Reformed. Interesting. Okay, I like this. So does that mean, let's look at the list here. That I believe that means that we have identical lists, which I don't think has happened yet this season, which is very exciting. Um, so what I had was Bradley Cooper, for A Star is Born. I had Ethan Hawke for First Reform. I had Christian Bale for Vice. I had Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased, and I had Steve Carell for Beautiful Boy. As previously stated, I think any movies with the word boy in it are just not getting the momentum that you want. I have a question. Okay. Do you think the frontrunner's lack of momentum is that the last thing people want to <laughs> – Watch right now is it's, a movie about a scandal in a political race. I mean, there it's it's not a bad question, you know, because for all intents and purposes, it's a really well made film. Yeah, and supposedly Jackman's performance is amazing. Was great. I don't know, but it, it came out. No nothing. one, no one went to that movie. Nothing. No one. Now, granted, Oscar movies don't always have to have the big box office and people flocking to it, but literally, when you say no one. You it made mean, like 200k. You mean no one went to this movie. Nobody talked about it. Nobody is including it in their conversations and it's got like bona fides behind it. It has Hugh Jackman. It has uh, a, a, an amazing cast of characters that it has Jason Reitman uh, as the writer director. It has a, a story. It was in 807 theaters and it made roughly Eight million or eight hundred thousand. So it like so basically ten thousand a, a theater, a thousand a theater, ten thousand a theater, or no, a thousand a theater, a thousand a theater. That's not great for an Oscar hopeful. No, so most Oscar hopefuls that get limited runs, they're pulling in ten thousand, eight thousand. The and big this ones. was a holiday weekend. Yeah, where. Lots of people were going to the movies, but they were not going to the front runner. Super interesting about front runner. Um, now, so front runners obviously lost a ton of momentum. The boy movies lost momentum. Going back to the nominations, I took out Lucas Hedges and Steve Carell, and I replaced them with your boy Rami Malek mm-hmm. from Bohemian Rhapsody and Vigo from Green Book. I think again that movie's getting a lot of momentum, and I think Rami's going to be the big. Um, I don't know which the nominee that's going to like, we're going to push that guy. That's all we can do. Push that and the production design and the costumes and shit like that. Um, but I don't think other than that, that movie's not going to get any writing nominations or things, no. things of that nature. Um, so yeah, best actor, best director. 
Now we're getting more into the weeds where people don't really recognize directors all that often. Much We're film nerds, so we pay attention to the directors and we pay attention to who's getting momentum and who's not. My original list for directors was Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, <laughs> uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice, and Damien Chazelle for First Man. And I, I just got to say this. I still think First Man is an impeccably directed film. Mm-hmm. Like, it is an impeccably crafted film. But? But I'm taking Damien <laughs> out. First Man does not have the big momentum going for it. Really kind of died on the vine. And I'm replacing him with Yorgos Lantimos, who is the director of The Favorite, who, again, I'm replacing You're no a big momentum favorite fan with right momentum. Now. I. Everybody's talking about it. I think that movie's going to be hot. And as a matter of fact, after watching the trailers, I'm somewhat interested in seeing it. I would like to go see it with you because I know you hated The Lobster. Um, and I just kind of was like, whatever. But uh, but that's that's top of the list for me for this season to watch you like deal with it. Very excited. Um, all right. All right. Best director. My directors, yes. Bradley Cooper. Alfonso Cuaron, Adam or uh, Spike Lee, Black Klansman, Ryan Coogler, Black Panther, and Steve McQueen, Widows were my original picks. It's a good list. I was going to leave it the same, but I made a last minute decision. Okay. I'm just I'm not unless they make a big push, but it wasn't a big it wasn't a big studio, and it hasn't been talked about for mm-hmm. a while, unfortunately. Black Klansmen and Spike Lee are getting removed, okay. and we're replacing it with Adam McKay and Vice. Okay. I love okay. me some Adam McKay, so getting him in there um, felt good on its own. But uh, sad to see Spike go, but I just haven't t- heard anybody talk about that movie in like three months. Momentum. Momentum is the key word here. Uh, it's going to be hurt by the fact that it came out in August. It's true. In my opinion. And it just doesn't have, like, Black Panther came out in February, but Black Panther was like a cultural impact of a film, whereas Black Klansman is a a good film, an even great film, Mm -hmm. Uh, a culturally relevant film, a well-acted film, very tense, very well-made, but it's not getting the cultural impact. And the problem is, too, that you've had similar culturally impactful movies come out since then that it's easy to talk about those like green book for instance obviously not the same story but if you're talking the dynamic on the surface of a white cop and a black cop working together right against racism and the clan um and then you've got you know vigo and marsh marshala ali um, again, different different dy- dynamic. More but- of a crowd pleaser, though. Sure. I think it's a really good point in that Spike Lee makes these really aggressive up-in-your-face movies, for better or for worse. And Green Book, from everything that I've heard, is much more of a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that you you have to talk about Oscars so white and, and the fact that they don't want to replicate that, right? And if you look at like our acting awards, like Best Actor – that's a lot of white people, man. That's true. That's that's a lot of white people. You look at our actress, we have some opportunity there. But in the acting categories, especially lead actor, if you're not going to get diversity there, 
you're going to want to get diversity in the director and the picture. And you got Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book. You have Widows. You have If Beale Street Could Talk. Like, who's going to be the odd man out yeah. after all of that? Somebody's got to be yep. it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, might very well be Spike. I think I think you're on to something there. All right. Let's talk about Best Picture, David. Who were your Best Picture nominees? I had Black Panther, First Man, Roma, If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, Widows, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, Green Book, The Favorite, A Quiet Place, and Crazy Rich Asians. Sorry, okay. Green Book wasn't originally in there. Spoiler alert. I am adding Green Book in, <laughs> and I am removing Crazy Rich Asians, sadly. Um, but I am sticking with my list other than that. Yeah. I only think because you are. I haven't decided what I want to replace First Man with. But well, right now, I'm sticking with my list. I, I think it's a good list. Uh, I think that for me, it was really hard because I did make some changes, but it's it's do i want to make those changes so my list was first man if beale street could talk black panther a star is born roma black klansman vice first reformed and the front runner the argument could be made that per our previous conversation that we've just had i could take off one two three four of those films mm -hmm. but instead i only took out two mostly because I didn't know what to replace the other ones with. I didn't feel strongly <laughs> enough about other films to replace them. So I took out First Reformed, which I think is still going to get a push for Ethan Hawke, and I think it's going to get a push for Paul Schrader in terms of screenplay. I don't think it's going to get picture, even though uh, National Board of Review put it on their list. And I took out The Front Runner, previous conversation. Please see the previous conversation about The mm -hmm. Front Runner. Just being dead in the water Bye -bye. front runner not so much a front runner it's more yep. like uh herman kane really not a chance yep in that regard and so i replaced them with green book much like you just did and the favorite and i refuse to fill a 10 spot out because i have no faith in the academy to actually fill out 10 spots but i will use this platform to still call out the I don't want to call it injustice, but I do want to talk about the diversity of the Oscars and how films like Mission Impossible Fallout, A Quiet Place, Incredibles 2, Crazy Rich Asians, heck, Paddington 2. I saw on Twitter today more than a few people talking about how Paddington 2 should be up for some more awards, and I'm there for it because Paddington 2 is a freaking delight, okay? It's so good and it's so much more than just a kid's film there's actual art like artistry there's actual visual flair good performances all around so things like that like this is i'm gonna use this what what small soapbox that i have i'm gonna use it to promote diversity not in the color of the people that we are celebrating but in the genres of film that we are celebrating as well so that's my that's my that's my impassioned speech, I guess. See, I had the guts to put A Quiet Place on my list. You did, and National Board of Review. But that's the other thing. Again, I love the National Board of Review because they put a weird movie like The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. They put Black Panther, uh, Mary, po Mary Poppins Returns. Okay. 
a quiet place. I, I'm I'm into that. I'm very very into that. Uh, if only the Oscar nominees could be as diverse as this list. But uh, but that is I, that I believe. Unless you have anything else you want to add, David, that's all of our nominees. I like how Mary Poppins the original wasn't even. I don't think it was even nominated for Best Picture. Maybe it was. And maybe it was. I know it won some awards, but and yet they have returns as as doing even better. So yep. it'll be interesting to see what happens with that movie because obviously it's been a long time. It looks like we've got a great performance um, by Emily Blunt, right? Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah, she's, from, from everything that I've heard, I mean, again, from everything that I've heard, that film is going to be nails like that movie that's going to be really good actually it was david i think we should point out it was nominated for an actual shitload of oscars no i know it was nominated for a bunch i couldn't remember i couldn't remember one if it was nominated by board of review and two if it was nominated for best picture but it was nominated by academy for best picture it was it didn't get anything from the board of review but julie andrews won visual effects original song at one and it was nominated for a boatload of best score at one too picture director screenplay like everything so yeah it got nominated for a ton got nominated for a ton so yeah so it'll be interesting and that's what's the exciting part about this next month in december is we're going to get a good combination of independent smaller dramatic character studies and we're going to get big studio films that are big and bold like mary poppins returns like vice and we'll see where the cards fall um but yeah i'm very excited i'm excited for everybody to Listen to our existing Oscar Primer episodes as they are now. Um, and then look over the next few look, I mean, all the way up until the Oscars. We're gonna be doing Oscar Primer episodes on those movies that we think, hey, maybe you haven't seen yet. Uh, maybe you haven't even heard about it yet. That's why we want to do those Oscar Primer episodes. Um, but yeah, very excited. I love this season. This is my kind of season, David. What about you? I'm I'm mixed feelings. There's a there's a lot of Oscar bait movies that I feel like I have to see, but it's I feel love like hate. They were, it's yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Hate. It's like that being said, football, we get some. It's... The thing that we always get during the season is some really memorable performances, which is always enjoyable to go and see. So that's exciting to watch. Yes, we're gonna get some good stuff. Uh, before we go, before we wrap this up, obviously, as always. Remember, you can get this podcast delivered to you for free every week just by hitting that subscribe button. So do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating on wherever you're listening. Give us a like. Share with your friends. Share with your family. We want to grow the good movie buddy community of the popcorn diet. Speaking of the community, follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, at The Popcorn Diet. And then last but certainly not least, you can go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com to find all of our reviews, all of our latest episodes, all of our Oscar predictions, all of our articles. Everything is there on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I'm your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good, possibly Oscar-nominated movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios. Adios.